Vincent Grissom, and this is Applying God's Word, a teaching ministry from the Word of God. This is study number 103, titled, Christmas, the Evidence of Love. During the Christmas season when I was growing up, you could not go into any department store or mall, indoors or outdoors, without hearing Andy Williams ushering in the season with his signature song, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year, with the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you, Be of good cheer, as the song went. Many songs and movies are still centered around the theme of love, someone to love, who do I love, and who loves me. I'm sure after watching movies and listening to songs or engaging with others, all of us have been faced by the question of love at one time or another. If not out loud, we might have asked this question quietly in our mind. This Christmas season, it's important that we face this question one more time. And I would like to focus ourselves on love in just one relationship, the relationship between us and God. So let's start with the question, does God love me? There's really only one answer to that question, yes. God's love to us is the undeniable, unquestionable, and everlasting truth. He has loved us from the very beginning, and he continues to love us despite what we do or how we do not deserve that love. God has made this very clear in multiple ways. One of the passages that comes to my mind is found in Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 to 4. You may remember this as part of a passage from our recent study, I will never leave you or forsake you. Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 4. But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. God is saying, this is how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. Just listen to the passion in those words. Just feel the depth of God's love in that pronouncement. And God did not stop at just saying this. He demonstrated his love for us in John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Christmas is the demonstration of God's love for his people, the final demonstration, the final proof of God's love for us. Through Jesus Christ, the new covenant was sealed, a new covenant of love, a covenant that cannot be broken. Paul puts it beautifully in Romans chapter 8, verses 38 through 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height 
nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how do we respond? Do we love God? How are we showing the world that we love God, especially during the Christmas season? We know that God's love is unconditional. There's no way we can earn this love beyond accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, because we love God, who loved us first when we were still sinners. Are we encouraged to demonstrate that love by taking some action? In following God's lead, as we read in John chapter 3, verse 16, God loved the world so much that he took action and gave us his son. Now let's turn our attention to John chapter 21, verse 15 through 19. This passage is known as the threefold redemption of Peter. Jesus asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? And Peter confirms all three times that he loves him. I would like you to take note of that. Every time Peter confirms his love for the master, Jesus asks him to do something. He says, feed my lambs, shepherd my sheep, and feed my sheep. This is very important. There is a call for action with our statement of love to God. If we say we love Jesus, are we prepared to do something for him? Are we prepared to feed his lambs and shepherd his sheep? A lot of the times we are happy to receive the love and attention that God gives us. A lot of times the farthest we will go is to do something for ourselves. Now, here's a light example. A mother was told by her children to stay in bed because it was her birthday. She was very happy and lay there waiting to be served breakfast in bed. As she lay there, she could smell the bacon and eggs moving through the air up from the kitchen. At last, the children called her downstairs, where she found each of them sitting with a large plate of bacon and eggs. As a birthday surprise, one proudly exclaimed, We made our own breakfast! So you see, it's very easy to appear to be doing something for someone else when you're really doing something for yourself. Will parents be happy if their children tell them, I love you, and do nothing to show them that love? Will children be happy if their parents just tell them, I love you, and then leave them to fend their lives for themselves? Will husbands and wives be happy if we just say, I love you, and then just go sit down someplace and relax. Marriage has a constant demand for demonstration of love through small and big actions. When my wife and I got married, we, ha we got our first car. It was a Buick Century with eight miles on the odometer. I always used to open the door for my wife and wait for her to get in before getting the car myself. But then some researcher told me some years later that a husband opens the door for his wife under only two conditions. First, when the car is new, and second, when the wife is new. I hope his research was not confined to his own marriage. But even so, if we can show our love to people through little actions as these, we should be able to demonstrate our love towards God in bigger ways that please Him. We have the Great Commission for starters. So the question boils down to how do we demonstrate our love to God? 
this Christmas season? How do we demonstrate that we are truly loved by God and that we love him deeply through his son, Jesus Christ? The first Christmas was announced to the world by the angel Gabriel. Jesus does not want the current Christmas to be announced to the world through angels. He has left that task to you and to me through the Great Commission. He has left it to people who believe in him. Let's look at another example of the ways Jesus demonstrated his love for us in the book of John. John chapter 13 begins with the demonstration of the love of Jesus in full extent with an act of washing the feet of his disciples, an act of servant leadership. Let's pick it up right after Jesus finishes washing their feet in verse 12. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So how about you and me? How do we demonstrate the love of Jesus to others? Do we look for special attention? Do we consider ourselves as part of this Christian club that meets during Christmas? Do we wish to show the power of Christianity through authority? Well, Jesus does not want us to do that. He is very clear. And he says this in Matthew chapter 20, verses 25 through 28. You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Today, God has two simple messages for us. For those of us who have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, God is saying, I have offered you the covenant of everlasting love through my Son, Jesus Christ. Believe in him and enjoy that love. The time is now. For those of us who call Jesus Lord, he is telling us, Show the full extent of your love by serving others, just the way I demonstrated to you through my act on the final Passover evening meal, to demonstrate our love for him by caring for others, by serving others. Can we listen to his call once again in prayer and with willing hearts? Let's remember what Jesus said to the disciples in John 13, verse 15 through 17. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. I want to close our time together with Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders, 
and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Christmas reminds us that Jesus is the child that is born to us, and Jesus is the Son that was given for us. Jesus is our Wonderful Counselor, our Mighty God, our Everlasting Father, and our Prince of Peace. I wish you all a very blessed and fruitful Christmas season through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.